Welcome to 10,000 More, the podcast that explores the topics of grief, mental health, love, and everything that intertwines that all together. I'm Ruby Falk, and whatever it is that brought you to me, I'm very grateful for it. Welcome back. Um, When I was thinking about creating a podcast about grief, interestingly, the first story I wanted to tell was the one about my husband and me. For no other reason other than I don't think grief can be isolated to just the griever's experience. My story of loss, unfortunately, but I guess understandably, became such an integral part of our love story. Grieving with a partner or even a friend for that matter um, is an aspect to this process I never considered before losing my dad. And I'm so excited to have my husband on the show today to candidly share his perspective um, and for us to openly discuss the profound impact the loss of my dad had on our marriage. So John, welcome to the show. (laughs) I can't keep a straight face. Thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so I kind of set it up, but I, you know, as you're well aware, we had our struggles um, after, in the immediate aftermath of losing my dad and and the years after. So I kind of, maybe it's a good idea for us to open with your perspective on like a snapshot of the the first few weeks, months, what have you, and and then we can kind of work from there. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It wasn't easy. I think that's like, to me, thinking back, everything was hard. Um, Again, it's it's, it's almost hard to look back. Uh, Now, how long ago? Almost almost four years. years, In August. It's crazy to think about. Um, Yeah. Look, it was tough. Every day was tough. I was worried, uh, one of the people we spoke with, uh, really talked about landmines and you don't know necessarily what could set the person who's grieving off or what's a trigger or a therapist we spoke with or mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. One of the therapists. Um, and I think that was really helpful knowing that and, and what is a trigger one day could not be a trigger the next. Yeah. And I think that was hard. And some days felt like we made five steps forward and other days we felt like we took 10 steps back. Yeah. Um, and I think that's throughout the entire, uh, grieving process, but it felt even more extreme and intense in the beginning. It's so interesting. It's like, I know all of this because obviously we have talked about this, but to hear you explain this, the way you explain what it was like in our relationship is what I was experiencing. Like, I didn't know what one day would trigger me into a a downward spiral of emotional hell. Or some days I felt like I took five steps forward and I was feeling great and I was doing okay. And it it took one misstep to just totally derail that. Um, I'm doing a lot of nodding. I I realize that (laughs) no one sees me. I need to film these. I need to film these. Um, But yeah, it's just... I, I think I think something that I want to highlight for 
my listeners is, is navigating this relationship. And it's not just in a, a romantic partnership. Like this can also apply to friends and supporting a friend who's grieving because you have the primary griever and you have the secondary griever. And I, I remember feeling when I would get upset or sad and you were like, I don't want to be sad. I don't want to be sad for you. And I just remember thinking like, I want you to be sad. I need someone to be sad with. But you had this idea that like, no, I have to be strong. Yeah, 100%. Like the other thing is I wasn't ready to come to terms with the loss of your dad. Um, I really like George. Uh, Me too. That's that's really important. I, I really got along with him. I enjoyed being with him. Love sharing a good burger with him. Um, but I, so I ch- didn't really process the loss in the beginning because most of uh, my space and thought and anything around it was to be strong for you, which looking back wasn't great, but I don't know how I would have done it differently. Yeah. I still felt like that was the right move. Well, and, and maybe if looking back, it was less about strong and more about knowing what to say, what not to stay, say. If I could do it all over again, I've learned a lot in four years around grief that I, mean, I could do same, it much like, better. Yeah, that's, uh, but that's of any, any. In the beginning. Yeah. But, but I feel like I at least now have a little bit of a playbook. I think the hardest piece is figuring out what's it all about. What does a day look like? When are those tough times? I mean, uh, milestones are, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, but milestones yeah. are really tough. Birthdays, anniversaries, uh, and then, of course, one-year anniversaries for a variety of things. One month in the beginning, one week, all of those. Counting. I talked... Yeah, counting. I talked... So at, at the one-year anniversary of my dad's death, I talked a lot about the counting of... of I used to go like, it's been an hour. It's been a week. It's been 50 days. And then it just... The counting stopped and, and time sort of resumed the way I remember it passing for my entire life. Um, yeah, I, 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 I know that like we have talked about this. It's so hard to say this. Cause like, obviously we have talked about this. We have been in therapy several times together, the two of us to go through my grief because it was just so, It was hard for me when you talk about things to say and things not to say. I remember one of the hardest things to me that you would say was, what do you want me to do? How can I help you? And like it hurt me when you would ask that in a, I, I just, I didn't know what to do other than I was exhausted. And I like, all I could do was focus on myself and making myself better. And I never knew how to answer that question. And it also pissed me off that it was even being asked. But I understand why it was being asked. Look, and I should say, I just wanted to get it through one day at a time. Like I literally, yeah. and, and by one day, I mean one hour. And by one hour, I mean one minute <laughs> in every moment. Like I just, every moment I thought that we could get a little farther away, we'd find, again, I hate this word, but we find some level of closure. That's not the right word, but it's that, and, and it's not moving on either. It's that we would, maybe the best way to say it is that Ruby would be a little bit more okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that, that to me was a big piece. Look, uh, something, and again, this is not in the first few months, but a piece that 
I thought was so important was uh, the Jewish practice of an unveiling where uh, in Judaism uh, one is buried uh, pretty quickly after they pass mm-hmm. away, uh, anywhere from a f- day to a few days. Um, and then uh, typically about 11 months after uh, you go back to the gravesite and the term unveiling comes from unveiling the grave. And I thought like the headstone. The headstone. Right. Um, and I thought that would, and I think it actually did, looking back, give a level of, uh, again, not the right word, but closure, or it's okay, and it's real, and we yeah, have to I find think... my Ruby's new normal and my new normal. Um, it, for me, it was powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, I had only been to my grandparents unveiling and other family members, not a, thank God, not a parent or a sibling or a spouse or anything of that nature, not someone who was younger. Um, so it felt different this one than other unveilings. Yeah. I'm going, I'm going back to something you, cause this is, this kind of clicked as you just said this, that you talked about needing to be that strong figure for me, that, that figure of like, I don't know, power. I I don't know what the right word is, but I feel that way in our relationship because what I worry about and what I've talked about with friends of mine who've lost loved ones is moving forward that like my happy memories and the happy, the happy moments that I'm creating with you and that we create as a family are, are marred for me. Like there's always just going to be this little tinge of of darkness and I hate that and it upsets me because I feel like I'm not going to enjoy the things that you and I deserve to enjoy together to the fullest so it's you know it's funny that you think you have to be strong and like I feel the exact same way yeah in a different way yeah no no I I think that's helpful to even hear that um but I guess for me um you know, it's it's very different today. If it's that if it's that little bit, like, I, look, maybe you're putting on a strong face, but I think today you're at ninety eight percent in those situations where, inverse, two weeks after or even six months after, you were at two percent of strength and ninety eight percent of vulnerability and weakness and not yeah. knowing and not not knowing what the day even entails. Yeah. Um, so, so look, I, 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 time heals all wounds. I don't know if I love that, but I think you find your rhythm with time. Yes. I've, t- I mean, I've talked about that in episodes past that you don't want to admit it, but time very organically takes pain away. It takes that, that sting. I have my moments where, you know, I'm, I, I'll think about something and I kind of freeze in my tracks and I feel like this tingle all over my body and it's horrible, but it's, it's, I recover from it faster. Whereas before it would like, I couldn't do anything for a good 10 to 20 minutes after I would have a moment like that. Like I had to just sit there. I'd pull my car to the side of the road. I have done that before. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, look, the other thing uh, when thinking about this episode, uh, 
something that was very hard for me was recognizing that we needed to move. Um, I don't know yes. if we're there yet, but I think it's important. Uh, I have no agenda. Okay. Okay. I told John that I really wanted to do an episode about grieving with a partner. And he was just like, give me, give me the talking points. Give me the agenda. I was like, no, I don't have one. And that hasn't really been sitting well with him for the last, I'm going to say month. But I like a plan in my life. Okay. Well, it's my show. So. Okay. Uh, (laughs) um, The hard piece for me, as hard as this was for Ruby, it just. It felt real, but it didn't feel like Ruby would be able to really come to terms uh, with the loss. It, it was surreal, but also so real at the same time. Yeah. Um, we were then, living in, I mean, I think that I've said this before, but we were living in Baltimore at the time and ultimately decided to move back to Denver. Um, also, Ruby was very worried about her mom uh, at the time. Um, and so that's kind of what brought us to Denver. Um, and it, it happened pretty quick. Uh, yeah. The losses in August and we moved the end of February. Yeah. Um, so over many months that is six, seven months. Um, yeah, but that was, that was really important for me. That was one of the biggest things that I felt I could do in the situation was I felt that Ruby couldn't figure out her next steps without being close to her family she was very, very worried about her mom in a way that I don't think she necessarily talks about. Just what it was like for her mom to be alone for the first time in 30-some years. Yeah. Um, and we moved in with your mom. which We sure did. Which was a real highlight for me. <laughs> um, I wish we were kind of still living with her. Uh, Great. I think she, cool. she knows that. Uh, I think I could have done five years instead of one. Yeah, so. it was pretty great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so... But I didn't know that at the time. That's not what uh, necessarily pushed us uh, into moving to Denver. But look, I, I I think that was a big turning point. Did you notice? Did you notice a huge difference from my grief in Baltimore versus my grief in Denver? I think it became more real because we were living in your parents' home and your dad wasn't there. So that was a way that you came to terms with it. Also, you did no longer had the burden of worrying about your mother because we were living in your mom's house. Mm. Which I do think about that a lot and how that helped you focus more on the grief and less on worrying about your mom. Which I I think was important. Looking back, definitely looking back, I see it. At the time and at the moment, I I have no idea what I really thought. Yeah. It feels really long time ago, actually. I know. Do you feel like I gave you the space or... Yeah, I guess the space to grieve my dad. Um, in the beginning, no. <laughs> uh, I, I maybe you, it's not that you didn't give me the space. You just were grieving in such an intense way that it, even if you did give me the space, I wasn't willing to give myself the space. Again, this goes back to me having to be strong and not really willing to. Uh, the other thing, when we did move in to your mom's house or your mom and dad's house, but then your mom's house which took me a long time to not call it your parents' house, but Same. to call it Judy's house. Yeah. Uh, that is actually when I felt like I began to grieve because then mm. it, it also was feeling real in a way that yeah. uh, it hadn't been because the only way that I really knew Ruby's parents was in through Denver. Thanksgiving, yeah. through trips back here. Um, so that was definitely... 
a piece uh, and, and quickly, like within that first month when yeah. George wasn't at the breakfast table or George wasn't using his mandolin to cut sweet potatoes on the <laughs> counter. Like, yeah. Or he wasn't like, I need a burger. Like, which was like a very common thing. Like, I can't think of a trip where I didn't have at least one, if not <laughs> two burgers. <laughs> I felt like he that was did. a big he thing. He did like his burgers. Um, look, I, I, I spoke at his funeral. Um, and that you was, did? Yeah. John, I literally do not remember this at all. Yeah. When? At the funeral? Yeah. Are you serious? I swear to God. <laughs> you definitely read the speech before I gave it. Um, I so vaguely remember this, but like, I'm shook right now. Yeah, I'm sure I can find it and show it to you. Maybe if we take a break at some point, I can show it to you. Like on the show or from our marriage? On the show. On the show. We're <laughs> just like, what? Um, yeah. So I think that, look, to me, that was a big piece. That was like me really remembering who uh, huh. who George was. Uh, yeah, look, I can think of a lot of like great memories. Look, one of the things that for me, it was pretty quickly before, uh, look, he passed, he, he died, uh, uh, not too long after uh, Ruby and I got married. And uh, when was the trip to Gettysburg? <laughs> oh, God, the best day of his life, which he said. Yeah. And it was because it was right after we, it was in 2014. It was, it was April of 2014 because it was right after we got in, I think it was the day after we got engaged. We went to Gettysburg. We went to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, toward the battlefield. My dad was a huge history buff. And Especially he, Civil War and World War II were like huge for him. And he was walking around, just kept saying like, this is the best day of my life. <laughs> and it was like the day after we got engaged. <laughs> I was like, thanks dad. Um, wait, what about that? I'm sorry. I, uh, I don't know where I was going. So uh, sorry. Oh, those were some of those great <laughs> memories that to me really in the beginning would come back. Yeah. Um, again, he, he, I felt very close to George, but he wasn't my father. Right. Uh, he wasn't my parent. Um, he wasn't uh, the person that I had grown up with, like Ruby yeah. had. Um, but I had great memories. But again, he, I only knew him in intense chunks because that's... Right. Uh, visits. One yeah, week visits. Exactly. Um, and that's why when we moved to Denver is when I felt like I was able to finally come to terms with... Yeah. Well, at least recognize loss. Besides that funeral when I... Uh, apparently eulogized him um, thank you for doing that yeah <laughs> you definitely were not in the state of mind to was do that. not but um, wow do you do you resent me at all for not giving you space to to grieve do you f- I don't this is a safe space john yeah just with all your listeners <laughs> no i don't I mean, with us, I'm uh, not like Matt. I want no. I I don't. I, I don't know if it was important for me at the time, um, or mm. I don't even know if I even would have let myself. Yeah. Um, whereas once we moved to Denver, quickly you were in your childhood home, which was dad, really hard for me. Right, but it then I felt like you were able to begin to rebuild your life, yes. rebuild your new normal. Yeah, yeah. A hundred percent. I agree with you, but I like, 
And this sounds so, maybe it sounds so ridiculous, but like, I didn't think it would be that hard to move back into my house. But I had a really hard time of like hearing footsteps and like thinking they were my dad's, but they were yours because you were the only man in the house. And I remember sitting on the couch watching TV and hearing your footsteps coming up the stairs and my heart stopped and I was so excited. And it was like, it was, it was really tough, but. Look, and I was working from home from your dad's office. So I think that was another piece where that's just what had to happen. Totally. But it also, I think that added a whole new element that there was noise back in your, in his office office, because he worked from home. Um, there was a phone ringing again in his office, um, which I'm sure was very hard for your mom. Yeah, I never really, I don't remember. I mean, I, re, it's, I remember thinking that at the time because we heard, you know, so his office was in the basement and my, my parents live in a, um, a ranch style house. So their bedroom is directly above his office and hearing just sort of like the, like the clacking of typing and the phone and you moving in the, the office chair, like. I remember sitting there hearing that and my heart would stop. And so I, I would see the look on my mom's face. Both of us were sort of like, wait, is it, is this, has, you know, have the last eight months been like a night? Are we dreaming? Like, but yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, yeah. So there, there was a lot of that. Look, the other piece, I was definitely closer with your dad than your mom until we moved in with her and your father was no longer around yeah. and became very close to your mom. Uh, she, she really, I don't think was cooking well. So, and I should tell you, I don't think I was ever allowed to do anything in the kitchen. And then all of a sudden we move in and I'm like cooking meals. And (laughs) I I think that was helpful. It absolutely Um, was. I think also Ruby seeing her mom coming to terms and doing okay. And I think a lot of times Judy was putting on a strong face. I don't want to. Uh, put words in her mouth. Maybe she can be on the show and give you her perspective. <laughs> I don't know. But I, yeah, every day felt like we were taking at least a step forward. Some days we took a few back, but I really believe uh, yeah. moving to Denver helped with that. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I know that. I, I know that you feel that way. And I be- I agree with you. I also... Yeah, well, one other thing that I think is important, thinking about this whole, that six months between when he died and when we moved to Denver, we also went on our honeymoon, mm, um, yes. which I think is an important look. He died how many months after? Two months. Two months after our wedding. Um, we uh, did a short mini moon and then we knew uh, we just didn't want to go right from our wedding into a crazy trip. So we waited until uh, Christmas, New Year's time, yeah, we went to Spain. Uh, of course, I took out travel insurance as a, the planner that I am because I had no idea if Ruby would be able to get on that plane. Yeah. Um, and that that was tough. The honeymoon? Yeah. But it also, I felt like, was the first time Ruby was away from reality. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I haven't thought about this in a long time. No, I have not. Did good, you forget about our honeymoon? Just like uh, apparently, I forgot about really everything. So well, that six months was a very <laughs> difficult six months. I'm sure there's actually 
lots that's forgotten until we really talk through a lot of it. Yeah. What about what about the honeymoon was hard for you? Was I don't think you were truly present. Yeah, or like there were times where I just wanted to give you the space to process. Yeah. Um, but also there were really those were some of the first moments after his passing that you forgot he wasn't not you forgot that he what you're making a face that no because I have something to say you put that on for me what no 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 I don't think it was that I was forgetting or anything I think it was that the new normal was setting in because I remember on more than one occasion seeing something cool and desperately wanting to call him and tell him. Cause we, so we went to Madrid for a couple days mm-hmm. and, and then we went to the Canary islands, which were so weird and really cool. <laughs> but so we had to, to get to the Canary islands, you either had to go through London or Madrid. So we chose to go through Madrid and it was it was really cool. And I did like the history and the museums and, and whatever we were doing for those few days. I just remember wanting to call my dad and tell him the stuff that we were doing. And, and like, I couldn't and that, yeah, I, I, I felt now that like, I'm kind of rehashing all of this in my head. I felt like that was really the first time that my new normal was really settling in. Yeah, I think of the day we drove all through the Canary Islands, uh, which uh, Ruby drove and I navigated, which is kind of how I prefer... uh, Yeah, our life to go. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And I felt like that day was one of those days where nothing in the outside world really mattered. Yeah. Um, And that was like one of the first days where I felt like I took a deep breath, like, we're going to get through this. Um, and again, that also helped in the Denver decision was we needed to leave our apartment. We needed to go to Denver. We needed Ruby to recognize what this next chapter of her life would be. Um, because you also left your job. Like there are a lot. Yeah. I left a lot of stuff behind, but like, so did you. And I think this is where I really want to focus is like this was also your experience yes he was my dad yes it was quote my loss but like Baltimore was your home you were born and raised you've never really left you left for college but you went four hours away five hours away two and a half two, oh but, excuse me so sorry four hours there and back yeah so um so Baltimore is just like so a part of who you are in a way that I don't feel like Denver is so a part of who I am. I love it here. It's home, but like you are Baltimore in every way. And this was your, like all your family, your friends, like this was a decision that I there were, uh, there was no piece really of you that was like a little bit uh, thinking sad. like, I don't want to go. A hundred percent. But in, the, in that moment and seeing what you were going through, I felt it was the only option. Hmm. I remember when we spoke with Kim. I, 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 Kim I, is my therapist in Baltimore. Uh, Hi, Kim. 
hope we should send it to Kim. I hope maybe, so. Maybe she'll listen. God bless Kim. Um, she was great. Um, <laughs> I just felt after about four months of seeing where Ruby was, I felt the only option was to move to Denver. I, I vividly remember having this conversation with my parents probably three, four months in being like, I just don't see another option. Wow. Um, what did it, they say? Like, you need to do what's right. Like, and if that's what's right, we yeah. support you. But that's like what they always say. They're great. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they're, they're big listeners also. So. Um, yeah, I, I think that's I that's the biggest in the one year. That was a huge uh, kind of curveball that had to happen. Also, the other piece that I don't think anyone really thinks about was Ruby did all our packing, which I actually think was somewhat therapeutic. Um, I I also like order. Like really, besides like my button downs, I think she packed the entire uh, apartment, um, yeah. which I think was helpful because it took about a month to pack up. It was it was beginning to process that you were moving back to Denver. Uh, yeah, all of those factors. Looking back, that's what I think. But in the moment, I have no idea if that was helpful or not. Uh, look, the one of the crazy pieces that. I definitely want to talk about was the wedding album. Uh, that was something I wanted. Not not that specifically, but I felt really robbed of the honeymoon phase of marriage. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That like I, I wish that we had that experience of being so happy and carefree. I, I don't know what the right words are. I just, I'm thinking of words that are like associated with a honeymoon. And I, I'm like so angry that we never... I felt like our actual honeymoon was the only time we actually experienced that uh, newlywed is, I think, the proper one-year term. Ah. Yeah. Yes. Um, do, you, uh, do you remember the wedding album? So I got a email from the photographer saying you had, I think... 60 days yeah. or 90 days to compile it. I knew there was no way in hell that Ruby <laughs> was going to be able to look at those pictures. Yeah. I think I did a really good job. You uh, did. I think she sent it like shortly after my dad died. It was like, a, it was like f- days. It was definitely. And it was just like, like here are your wedding pictures. And like, I said, go oh. ahead and pick them all. And I, I asked for more time, but then I also like, I didn't want to mess up the business. They definitely gave me more time. Oh yeah. Me. No, they were wonderful. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, I knew Ruby within that first I don't think you even looked at the wedding album no. until the first year. You I remember, kept it at your parents. Yeah, right. It like wasn't even allowed in our apartment. Because it just, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think when we even printed wedding pictures for the first time. Did we not? Well, we had some in our we apartment. That That's why I'm confused. Maybe this was just for the album because I think they, I think they sent us some of the pictures. Oh, you think we? They sent us in? pictures. You know why? Because I remember making an album on Facebook. Three weeks before he died, I remember this because oh, I remember was the posting album them. Was due. It was like the 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 pictures you wanted to pick for them to make us the physical album. But like those were things when we speak about landmines that I tried to help Ruby avoid without yeah. her even knowing. Like, okay, this wedding album Ruby will see in a year; it'll <sighs> stay at my parents. Yeah, um, we're definitely not going to go to a baseball game because your dad was anything and yeah. everything 
to do with baseball was like couldn't go back to Gettysburg. No, yeah, we definitely, but I don't. I don't know if we'll, hopefully for our kids once we'll sure. we'll go to Gettysburg to honor your father more than uh, <laughs> learning about uh, the battle. Yeah. Um, but there were a lot of little pieces that every day I would think, what is, what am I going to try and help Ruby avoid? That's hard, John. Like that's not. Right, but your job. But if, and if I... one day is better than the next day, hopefully we'll be better and we'll. Like, that's how I looked at it. But you said you didn't know what things would be landmines. and I didn't, but so I was guessing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, look, I mean, yeah, like, I, I know who you are. I knew who your father was. Like, I could make some educated guesses. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Look, the other piece is we had a brand new dog, which, thank God, we had. Oh, God, she um, saved my life. Look, Luna is a really sweet, lovable dog, and... And, and George was very pro-Luna. big dog person. Uh, he was so excited that we were getting a dog. We got her right after uh, we got married. Um, and she, I think, played a really important role that I, I, I forget about. Like, now looking back, there's so many things that come up in those first uh, few months back. Yeah. For me, too. Apparently, I... Look, I, I think the other thing that... Uh, I'm going to ask a question. Go right ahead. Um... But coming back to Denver, I think, opened up some wounds that Baltimore didn't have. Mm-hmm. Like I, places that were special to your dad, like, uh, is it John Cigars? <laughs> That's not the name of the place, but we called it John's because the guy who owned, I think still owns the, it, it was a cigar shop, his name, John. And my dad would go, th- that was like his lunch break. He worked from home and his lunch break, quote unquote, was to like, go with all these guys it was all of these guys lunch break they would just sit there and smoke their cigars or pipes and talk politics and yeah so i always wondered like what were other places that would i actually want to say trigger pancake house a hundred percent yeah um but so i thought about that a lot look your father hated going downtown so i knew anytime <laughs> if we went downtown to a restaurant yeah uh, we'd be fine yeah so that was at least uh, helpful. So what's your question, John? Do, do you, looking back, do you think of any places as triggers back then? I don't think there are any today. I mean, I don't see you going into John's cigar shop, so. <laughs> There's not... But truthfully, f- forget places. I don't really know of many triggers that set me off the same way that they would have four years ago. Obviously, there are certain things people talk about that trigger me, like suicide or, you know, anyone spending time with their dad. I mean, there's so many, like there's, I I can't even, I can't think of something off the cuff, but it, it doesn't sting the same way. That's the best word I could use is it doesn't sting the same way because it's been four years. Um... Now, actually, it's less of a a place or a thing that's a trigger and more of our daughter is really hard for me to come to terms with the fact that, like, he's never going to meet her is, I, I, like, I don't know how to accept that. And it's so interesting. I'm going back to this, and I know we talked about it just a while ago but like 
for how badly you thought you had to be strong. I mean, even still, John, like I can't tell you how many times a day or a week I cry and you have no idea because I don't want to upset you. And I think a lot of it goes back to the fact that when I do cry or get upset, your gut reaction is to say like, okay, what do I do? How can I help? What can I say? What can I do? Let me help. Let me do this. And I'm just... I, I like to fix things. I bless you. I know both, you do. Both but physically and yes, I I love a good project. I love to hang something, and I want to make sure that Ruby's okay. And uh, that's it's really hard. It's really hard. Yeah, and I, it's I would say I'm much better at not f- trying to fix the situation with Ruby now than I was yes. when it first happened. Um, but I, it built a lot of resentment on my end, and I remember talking about this privately with a therapist and then you coming with me to therapy and me saying that like I don't have time to explain to you how to make me feel better like it's exhausting to me that you're asking this I'm I'm emotionally drained like stop asking me what to do if I knew what to do I would do it blah 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 and then but that's why I tried to get avoid as many landmines as possible I know but But the landline is asking me, like, what do I do? How can I make you feel better? Rather than just, like, sitting with me in teary silence. A landline is a certain song comes on the radio. But those aren't only landmines. Those aren't... Those are very tangible, obvious, if you will, landmines. The other landmines are you continually asking me what you can do so that I'm not sad anymore. (laughs) <laughs> he's nodding. So no, I, I totally understand. <laughs> I know. I mean, that. obviously we but are in, way past the, this, but in the moment, look, I, I think to any partner of someone grieving in the moment, you just want to do whatever you possibly can to help the person. Of course. And if you can't figure out how to do it, which I think there were certain times where I felt like I could helpless help. Yeah. hundred percent. But there were other times where I felt like I could comfort you and I wasn't in this. I don't think every single time something affected you I said what's wrong how can I help you probably probably two to one I asked how can I help you so I would say yeah uh if there were three times twice I was asking and one time that one time I would know actually I know what to do or I know it will make Ruby a little better um I remember I don't I will like never forget this I think this is one of the things that drove me to want to pursue a master's degree in counseling and focusing on marriage and family therapy is I remember we went to therapy and this was in Denver and, you know, I was expressing how frustrated I was that you kept saying, how do I fix this? How do I make it better? You know, you were sad or you weren't sad an hour ago and now you're sad. Like why? And I was just like, holy crap. Like I can't explain this to you. And The therapist said, you know, for me to understand where you're coming from in this, she was just like, John is sitting there watching you be mercilessly beaten while someone is holding his hands behind his back and he has to just stand there and watch. And that completely shifted everything for me. And I just remember crying and like apologizing to you and just... It, it it put things in such a different perspective for me. But, uh, 
I felt like that moment was almost like Eureka. I felt like she finally <laughs> gave me a voice. It was pivotal. To, it to really how, was. To how I felt. I even forgot that. But that and she she's the one who talked about landmines. I didn't come up with that idea. Yeah. I didn't even know how to coin. These, oh yeah, I remember these that. moments. Yeah. I mean, that those were two. Those were like two of the most important things that came out of those sessions for me. Uh, was really just gaining a voice to things that were happening and I didn't know how to express them. Again, a lot of this feels like a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, but I also think this is something we will think about for like the rest of our lives. 100%. (laughs) And I mentioned something at the beginning that this is a part of our love story and you know as you are well aware I I have a really hard time disassociating our wedding and the start of our marriage to or from I guess my the death of my dad and like I just remember feeling so bad that that every time we talked or thought about my sorry, our wedding, that it was, it was I, my mood shifted. Yeah, again, I think this was a landmine for me, trying to avoid it. But that Um, must have made you feel like shit. Did it not? I mean, am I projecting here? It's hard to think about how it made me feel four years ago. I just, I, I think I put a lot of my feelings to the wayside in the beginning. Like for I, my sake or because yeah I think for your sake and I knew I needed to get us to greener pastures whatever that looked like mm. something I do really remember and we spent most of this podcast so far talking about the things that apparently have happened for the last four years that I have no idea about but something I remember was getting the call from my sister you were in the shower you came out because I was like screaming and you immediately called your parents and your boss at the time who happened to be a rabbi. Correct. To come over. I wanted you to, I wanted it to feel weird and I wanted it to feel real. And I wanted. For me or you? Probably for me, but also for you because I felt the one thing that I always will go through my mind was that it felt far away. And you're someone who really does well when you're in it. And it felt distant. So what did they have to do with it? First of all, I'm not, I'm not, I'm like, I'm asking. I'm not, we're, I'm not picking a fight. I promise. Well, I knew we also were leaving in hopefully 12 hours. Right. Um, so my parents were to, grab our dog that we literally just got. Right. Um, And and I really didn't know who else to turn to. I know. That's what I was trying to get you to say. And I I also felt like I wasn't prepared to take on what just happened. Yeah. I don't think anyone is. And in the back of my head, I was like, oh, Debbie's a rabbi. Rabbis know what to say. Yeah, and they have some level of... uh, Care, uh, what is it? Pastoral care. Sure. Um, and they take, uh, 
Yeah, they take classes about loss. I, it was literally the first thing that I could think about. I was just like, oh, that's what's going to have to happen. So I think it, that was a mix of it as well. Did you think that she would tell me things that like you couldn't say? Or that she was... I wasn't ready to deal with it. I remember... So you brought someone else in to deal with it on your behalf. Yeah, I felt like the main thing I could do, which looking back would be the same thing I would do today, was deal with figuring out the best flight to get us to Denver. Is that something I knew I could do successfully? Yeah, you had to do that. Um, Also, uh, packing for you because you weren't even able to pack... I still remember I'm like just throwing random things yeah. in suitcases. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know if I would even do it differently. I, I I was really at a loss for words because I didn't even really understood what happened because I wasn't on the phone. I was in the shower, came running out. I, I didn't even believe it's real. I remember that day. It was a Tuesday. I remember talking to you a lot about. Um, just like I thought about your dad so much that day. Yeah. It was so weird. And I was shocked that he hadn't responded. Uh, Ruby and her father emailed all the time. And he was very quick to write back emails. And I'd email him here and there. And I was shocked that he hadn't responded to an email I'd sent him. Um, yeah. And then I was like, oh, we should call him. And for some reason we didn't. And then you got that call. Yeah. I that that night is still a very hard night for me. If you if you were to look back on any piece of the entire loss and grief, that's the hardest night for me to look back on. Mhm. Um, Do you think things would have been by things I mean like your handling it, your handling of it, my handling of it would be would have been different if it happened? Four years into our marriage versus two months into our marriage? I don't have an answer. I'm just like, I wonder. But I should also say, it's not like we met and a year later we got married. Right, exactly. Like we had known each other for many years. Yeah, so I think that's important to us. I agree, I agree. So that's why I don't... We had been living with each other at that point for... A couple years. Yeah, so like, I don't know if that mattered as much as the level of shock I was in. Yeah. It's not like he was sick. It's not so many pieces. Right. Um, yeah, I don't I don't really know what to say. You don't. It, it's still I would say that's the one night looking back at the entire time since he's passed. That's the hardest for me to digest, to think about. I think it's so that night hurts. Yeah. And I, and I can only imagine what that night does for you. Um, I remember uh, uh, getting you on the plane with Southwest, crying the entire flight. That was felt like one of the longest flights to Denver um, I've ever taken. Yeah. Not um, for me. I didn't want the plane to land. Yeah, that's an interesting... It's so interesting because I guess I've, I don't remember certain aspects apparently, but I also very much do. Like I remember everything about landing, getting picked up by my aunt and uncle, going, like pulling up into the driveway, 
it's just, it's weird what I've, I guess, subconsciously chosen to not remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does it upset you that I associate our relationship with this loss? I just think that's where we're at. It's like hard <laughs> for me to like, meaning, no, look, I, I think it's just a piece of, yeah, of where we're at. I don't know if I, it's hard for me to now not think about the loss of your dad tied to a variety of things. It's just, it's just another, I'm making a lot of hand motions right now. Yes, I see. Um, it's just like another part of our story. Yeah. Look, I, I want to make sure we, for me, yeah. No, <laughs> nothing. Uh, for me, grief, uh, I, I, yeah, loss was really hard, but the one thing for me is also honoring him helped me with grief. This is yeah. where we're going to probably disagree. No, no, I don't think it's disagree. I think it's... So, and by honoring, I mean remembering, but right. But I, I, you know, for the first two and a half years, I thought that my dad died in like a tragic accident. And then after learning about what had actually happened, I really struggled with just the idea of, of naming our daughter after him because the idea of naming someone after someone is, is that like they inherit their qualities. And, and I, I was worried that she was going to inherit all of his qualities. Yeah. Look, and for me, it was just so important that she was named after him. I also didn't, I don't have the same level of baggage that you're going to have around that. Right. Which I think was a, a, a fresh perspective that I needed because I was coming, I was coming at this from a, I mean, I was what, six months pregnant when we found out that my dad had killed himself and it was, sh- look, I mean, we, the- and look, we had talked about naming uh, Georgia after him. Right. But before we even knew we had a child or, yeah. or any of those right. pieces there. I, I, My dad's name was George. I don't know if I've ever said that. Yeah. And our daughter's name is Georgia. Really close. Very close. About as close as you can get. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I remember feeling gratitude to you for being so hellbent on the... Like, there was no budging. I can usually get you to budge. Yeah, I know. You tried to get it. There were a few names you kept throwing out. And I was like... Uh, I like, really I, shot I mean, down. look, my belief really was we would know when she came out, which I really <laughs> felt was true. Um, yeah, I... I remember feeling extremely grateful to you that you were just... You were really hell-bent on the fact that, like, we are going to honor my dad and we cannot let this final act define... Or negate, I guess, all of the other wonderful things associated with him. Yeah, yeah. Again, and I like needed you helped, to say that. Honoring helped with grief. 
I don't know how to say that in any other way. But okay, so what else? Are you talking about anything else or just naming Georgia? No, I think there are things that we did that your father would have enjoyed. I, I can't think of a specific example right now. I'm sure in the next few minutes I'll think of some. Okay. But honoring for me was a way for me to not grieve as hard. Or almost a celebration of grief is honoring. A celebration of grief or do you think like a celebration of life and maybe, him? Maybe, yeah. But meaning it, it was a type of grieving that was seen as more positive. Because I... Because grieving, I, guess, yeah. I mean, is hard and honoring right. is really hard. Right. I mean, when we chose the name Georgia, we knew it was connected to George. Right. Um, but honoring to me was so important. And I think it was really helpful. Yeah. Um, I don't know. How, I, I'm trying to think of ways, little things that... I don't uh, know. I'm, I'm not like now I want to know. I mean, look, something you did that I think was really important was uh, taking that leather coat and that guitar strap. Like, I was a big believer in that and creating a coat for yourself out of his coat. Um, Those are little ways. And again, honoring for me also goes to remembering. Yeah. And I think remembering is helpful. Um, There were jokes that would come up (laughs) and... Those did not feel like landmines. Those actually felt like a sigh of relief. Um, For you. For me. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I think, you know, I don't, it's kind of nice to talk about this now because I'm, I'm like reflecting on I don't know how to say this. Your perspective on this, I'm I'm hearing it now and like I'm realizing what you were doing at the time because you were able to remember. You were able to see the good and I was not able to see the good until like very recently. Memories of my dad. I didn't hold a level of blame and anger that you had. Yes, I'm talking about even before knowing that the death was a suicide, though. Yeah, but you still were mad that it happened. Yeah. And how it (laughs) happened and all of those factors. Um, I was uneasy. And I had doubts. I think is where that was coming from. Right, and I I really only... Yeah, so to me, whereas... Those positive experiences I had with George, any way that I could yeah. bring them in. I remember talking a few months into his, after he passed, I remember talking about like, what do you want to do to remember your dad? Are you someone who wants to go to the grave? Are you someone who doesn't? Like, and, and those were really helpful conversations for me to understand where you were at. Um, they were indirect, which I think was all you could handle at the time. What, same, what do you mean? Say more. Asking, could you, would you be someone who wants to go visit yeah. him buried? I've only gone once. And, and th- there are a lot of people who don't necessarily. Yeah, it, it did nothing for me. But that was almost like a test for me to understand w- those landmines or what's, yeah. or what could be helpful. Uh, again, 
This did you discover? I'm sorry, I have to cut you off. Did you discover landmines quickly, or were they like slow to explode? Some were, <laughs> some were, some were shocking, and others were. Do you have an example of a shock? I'm just, I'm curious. No, because it feels so far away. Yeah. It's hard to remember. I also think I blocked out a lot of those first yeah. six months. Um, yeah, that makes sense. It was it was really hard. I was definitely not sleeping well. You were sleeping horribly. Um, I, yeah, that that year marker though was big. I really felt like of the year of his death. Yeah, yeah. I felt like that was a it was a shocking marker. Um, instead of could be like three or four bad things, at least that I would see, three or four bad moments you would have in a day would hopefully be down to one. Mm. And some days you didn't have it. That was, looking back, getting to that year was a big deal. I, I don't think you were cured. I don't think you'll ever be cured. No, no. That. Grief is a forever process. But it wasn't a constant with grief. Um, At the again, one, after the one year. Yeah, and again, I don't know if we would have come to Denver sooner, if that would have been helpful, if that one year was actually very symbolic. I know that anniversary of his death was so hard. Um, and look, truthfully, our first wedding anniversary was not easy. I also don't remember that. It, I just remember I think we went being, to Vail. Yeah, but I just remember it not being... Anticlimactic. Yeah, and not being the exciting, like celebration it would have been yeah it not his loss been tied to our wedding um in that way but like today look our anniversary is coming up i i don't think it's gonna feel the way i felt that first year so many things were so raw that first year even year two was much better yeah i'm talking about wedding yeah anniversary marriage all of those factors um i felt like those got better uh, of course, then pregnancy and child added a whole new layer and truthfully a level of distra- distraction that uh, from grief. I've really felt that that put us on a new... And, and again, I knew one way or another we were going to need to honor, at least from my perspective, I needed to find a way to honor your father who wasn't going to be there. Yeah. And, and never meet your daughter, our daughter. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. yours too. Surprise. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and something else, I, I literally just remembered this, this blog post. So after my dad died, I started blogging as a way to, I think just people were going to read it and I knew that people were going to read it. And I needed them to understand how terrible this was. And by people reading it, I mean like coworkers and friends, um, peripheral friends, close friends knew how horrible it was. But I wrote a post about how you were holding on to the things about me that had stayed the same. Because all I remember was pushing back and saying to you, I'm giving you an out. I vividly remember saying that to you, that we'd been married, you know, two months. I'm not going to drag you down with me in this. I'm giving you an out. Like, I want you to leave. Like, let's just do it now. 
Why are you smiling? It feels like that was so long ago. <laughs> um, like it feels like almost like a lifetime ago. Yeah. Well, a lot has happened since then, but true. I, and I remember you were like, I was like, what is getting you through this? Like, I am not the person that you fell in love with. I will never be that person again. And I remember like grabbing you by the shoulders and, and everything short of like shaking you and just saying this to you that like, I am not Ruby anymore. Yeah. But actually now looking back to who you were before, there's a lot of Ruby left. There's a lot of the before Ruby now, four years later, like you did come back. I always said to myself, like, would you come back? I knew you want to come back the same. And I don't know when that clicked because I haven't thought about it. Until just now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like actually shocked. It's interesting to reflect. Yeah. The fieriness, all of the things that I love and loved and still love about you really are back. It's actually really weird to think about. But those first that first year, yeah. You were not the Ruby I knew. Yeah. For look, there are things that are of course different. I think you're thoughtful in a different way. You approach things differently. Um, I don't think actually you're really back to your aggressive self that you were. Thank you so much, John. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you were I mean you knew what you wanted and you would go for it. Um, and that's one of the things I really loved about you the first moment I met you. Um, but that's definitely back. Uh, yeah, I get, I haven't thought about that either. I, but yeah, in the beginning you were not, you were just pieces of your old self. Yeah. And you were broken and you knew that. Yes. I was very, and, very aware of that. And I, you said, I may never, you kept saying to me, I may never be the person you married. Um, but actually I think it all worked. And, and maybe that's just because I can't remember, but I actually really, I wonder when that moment happened. I'm trying to think like, when did that switch go from like, I don't think it was a moment. I mean, I'm sure it was a span of time. Yeah. I just... Because I think a lot of this is just survival. Like, you have to continue living. So, what can you do to ensure that that happens? Yeah. But you did come back in a way, and I just haven't thought about it. So, that was, it was great. Just like how you forgot that I gave a eulogy at your father's. Uh... <laughs> I made a fierce comeback. Silver lining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I remember in this post, I want to like pull it up. I'm not going to find it. It was from such a long time ago, but it was, you'd said like you were holding on to the things about me that were the same. And you were, you were holding on to that saying that like, this is what is going to get you through you. Like, this is what is going to get you, John, through this horrible period of grief for me, Ruby. And it was like, my voice sounds the same. My hands look the same. Um, I, I don't even know. My walk, like, I, just every, all these little things. And I just, maybe after you said that, like, I was subconsciously, thinking that too 
Yeah. It, 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 it worked. <laughs> uh, you came back. It, t- it took time. And, and you're right. It wasn't like one moment. I think it was really yeah. gradual. Absolutely. Um, I don't even know what else. I, it's, it's hard to remember that and how, like where we were at regarding that. Yeah. Like that feels like a really long time ago. Like our wedding feels more recent than that. That's interesting. That's very true. And it might be because our wedding was positive and Yeah. Look, that was another piece that was so hard was there was this level of shock that went through everyone who was at our wedding. Yeah, to I know then I remember being like what I just was with George. Right. All of our friends were stunned. And I didn't know what to say. And there was this level of like embarrassment, I guess, too, amongst at least your friends who I consider my friends. I mean, I love them, but I just, I remember thinking like, I don't even want to look your family members and your friends in the eye. Yeah. I I, I mean, I think it's difficult. It's all interconnected. Yeah. Um, Okay. We can wrap up. How did this feel, by the way, with no agenda? How are you doing? I just want to check in with you. I'm doing okay. I, I would have loved to plan though. <laughs> so sorry. Um, or something linear in some way. Grief is not linear. I know. Was this a segue? Is this what you wanted to end with? Um, I, think it's, it's, I know, but I, I, I do think it's important. Um, and I quickly learned that, that. Yeah. Look, I think we kind of started with this, so we're kind of going full circle. That one day could be great, the next day could be okay, the day after could be horrible, and then the following day could be okay or great. Like the pattern was all over the place. So I'm going to flip things. What was that switch for you to realize that? Because I, I feel like that is something I said to you. Oh, it's, it took me. It 17 took me, to, I don't know, 90 billion times a day. It took me a year to really grasp that. Okay. It was so hard because until you're in it, you don't realize yeah. that. I mean, e- e- anyone could have told me. That the process is not linear. And it still wouldn't have mattered. I still right. would have had a lot of these same issues. Yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, that was one of the, I think that's one of the hardest pieces. And that there was nothing I could do. That's the hardest thing about grief. There is nothing I could really do except try and help you avoid things. At least that's what I thought. Avoid the wedding album. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's it. That was one. That's one of many to remember. Yeah. So would you say that is the hardest part of being the spouse of a? Oh, well, I yeah. Being helpless is yeah. It is so hard. And I just wanted you to talk to me and tell me where you're at, even if you're in a horrible place. And there are a lot of times you just weren't able to in the beginning. It, it was too hard to even talk. Yeah. About it. It was too hard for you to even say, John, I'm having a horrible day. And mm-hmm. I just don't want to talk about it. I mean, you could say that, but you wouldn't give me why or what would make it hard or you, you just... I mean, nothing made it hard other than that my dad was dead. But it could have been a thought of X or (laughs) an an email you reread or a voicemail. 
Um, I remember when we lost all your dad's voicemails. Right, didn't we at the Apple store? We sent them. We lost oh, pictures. We lost pictures. I, we mail, We emailed like files, sound files oh, of the right. voicemails. Okay, okay. The pictures we lost mm. on my phone. I was. I remember that. Oh, I forgot about that. I remember that was a very... Really tried not to make a scene at the Apple store. Yeah. Mm. But again, all of this, it's, it's amazing where we've come. It's amazing where you are at. Yeah. Um, you're, you're writing blog posts. That was a big way for you to express yourself. Um, I don't know the right term, but to tell people where you were. Yeah, I mean, that was their purpose <laughs> and for me as well. But that, that was a primary purpose for, of them was to really paint a realistic picture of what this experience was like. And it also helped other people know they weren't alone, which I think gave you a level of comfort in sharing because you're someone who likes to really help others. And I think that was a big piece of it as well. Yeah. So would you say... I always like to end with takeaways. Would you say that like your biggest takeaway and the, the, the wisdom that you can impart on listeners is that is to, to try to understand as much as possible how nonlinear this process is. Yeah, but it's not easy. And even if, again, like I said before, if someone told me, but that, I mean, same with this podcast, this, you know, listening, listening to these episodes from someone, uh, I remember hearing people talk about their grief who were five years removed from the loss and hearing them speak without crying. I remember thinking like, I will never get to that point. I will never be that person. Yeah. The the thing that people say, and I, I, I do think it's true is it takes time. Right. Well, right. Like that to me, again, you came back. You, again, there are aspects about you that are different. But deep down, who you were really all came back. Which was, but that was also something that was truly important to me because my core values were, I liked them. I didn't want them to go away. Of course, like certain things changed, certain things went away, certain things will never be the same. My perspective on life will never be the same. Um, But, but I, I worked really hard. I don't think that was just time. I worked really hard to to get back to a person I could be happy with. Mm-hmm. So that's my that's my take. Yeah. Again, I until we really had some of these some of these uh, chances to really reflect, I, I kind of forgot. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad we got to remember together yeah. all these horrible, horrible things. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but it's it's amazing how time changes perspective. Yeah. Um, something that I think we don't necessarily do well, and I don't know if it's because it causes grief, but I think we don't necessarily do the... Besides uh, naming Georgia after your dad, I, I wonder other ways that we could really remember him. I know it's interesting. I get asked that a lot by other people. Like, what do you do to honor your dad? And I, I don't have an, a good answer. Me naming her first. That's a huge, I mean, literally is his name with 
an extra syllable at the end. But I don't know. Maybe that's something we can... I remember asking you that throughout the process. I remember you asking me that too. Because, but again, that's where I was coming from because remembering to me Because you is needed a, to fix. Yeah, and it's a positive aspect of... It's like the flip side to grief. It's a balance and I'm always looking for balance, so... Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing this without an agenda. Yeah. End it all. And I didn't know any questions in advance. So sorry. It's how I roll. It was great. These episodes are honest... Their conversations. Like you don't know questions in advance when you're having a conversation with someone. Yeah, and again, it's not even like writing a uh, a blog post where you, you wordsmith it. That is so true. Much. Uh, I think I think this uh, podcast has been incredible. Look, you're doing your own editing, which to me is incredible. <laughs> Thank you for adding that in. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Give me some street cred. I don't know if it's necessarily, uh, well, I think it's now strength. I think you've been really determined to make this work. And yeah, more than anything, I'm like, I'm proud how successful it's been. Um, Thank you, John. I'm proud to be uh, on the uh, show. Uh, I hope I hope I'm give people hope um, from the partner's perspective. Uh, it does get better. I don't know if that, I, I think if someone told me that, I think that would be a little bit helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard and recognizing that it's hard. Uh, but I, I think each of these episodes, look, Ruby, I think you've done an incredible job. Thank you. Uh, each episode really builds onto the next and each comes with a new person with a different perspective. Yeah. Uh, and, and the little tidbits here and there, I think they help. I, I look, I, I wish I had, I wish I could have listened to someone who went through what I went through trying to support you in your grief. Just to hear what worked, what didn't work. I think there, I would still, though, ask what could I do to make it better or I how I could be helpful. But I do think... I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I... Your perspective on the topic is supremely important and <clears throat> I think often overlooked um, because it's not, he wasn't your dad and, and I, yeah, it doesn't matter. Right. And, and, and the person supporting the griever is something that most people don't think about. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. That's what I'm, yeah, it's, it's really tough to grieve with. A loved one of any kind, a friend, a partner, a spouse, you name it. It's a family member. I mean, it's really hard. So thanks for sticking it out. Thank you, uh, really, for letting me be a part of it. And thank you for joining me. Continue to take care of yourself. And remember, you have an entire community of people who get you.